Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pod save the queen. Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen, the Daily Mirror's royal podcast. I'm your host, Anne Gripper. I'm joined today by Daily Mirror royal correspondent, Victoria Murphy. Hello. Once again, um, the last week has been a bit of a blur, it's fair to say. <laughs> um, it's Tuesday that we're recording and a week ago we were waking up to uh, newspapers filled with pictures from outside the Lindo wing, the arrival of the royal baby being uh, kutched, good Welsh word, I'm married to a Welshman, so that's the best, <laughs> best word to describe it, by his mum on the uh, on the steps and and shown off to the world little did we know then quite how long we'd have to wait to find out quite exactly what he would be called oh my goodness i know i know it was one of those i think cuz everything went so quickly at the beginning you know it was a monday morning and she's gone into labor a few hours later she's had the baby yes she's going to come out today and it just felt like everything was just going bang 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 you know um and I really thought that we would get a name, possibly even on the Tuesday. And I was sure if we didn't get it on the Tuesday that we'd get it on the Wednesday. If you look at what happened with George and Charlotte, they announced the name two days after the birth. Um, we were all on tenterhooks both times. Um, and it felt like ages. So I just couldn't, I, I couldn't imagine it being longer. But, but, you know, it was. And it's obviously their prerogative to take as long as is necessary, within reason, obviously, to decide on a name for their child and I suppose there's maybe a little bit of pressure in the sense that if an ordinary person names their child and then really really regrets what they've called them they probably could go back but I think with with a member of the royal family when you've put it out there to the world there really is not even any chance that you can say in a few weeks time sorry we've decided we want to call him something else now. We've realised Prince Albert was a bad idea. Yeah Yeah. Uh, and so so perhaps that's, that's what took a while I mean I do. I do wonder. Um, you know, Albert was was always a favourite name, um, and I do wonder maybe if they were considering it seriously. And then someone pointed out the Urban Dictionary, and they went back to the drawing board. Who knows? That could have been one of the reasons for the delay. But listen, we should say what the name is. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, so, so. Um, finally, he was named on Friday at eleven a.m., and the announcement was uh, Louis Arthur Charles. And it's Louis. It's spelt L O U I. S, but it is pronounced Louis. It's a fr- French, very, a name that was very popular in France, although it actually originated in, in Germany. Ludwig was the original name, and then Louis became the French and English form. 
and Lewis is obviously another English form. Um, English slash Scottish, there was, I think. Yeah, there was a lot of confusion um, about the pronunciation. I think John Lewis at one point on social media was rebranding themselves John Louis, um, thinking John that they were, <laughs> yeah, I think a big department store over here in, in the UK, thinking they were doing a very clever play on words and people were pointing out, mm, actually, you're, you're, you're renaming yourself John Louis when you're putting this out. Um, but yeah, I mean, completely, shock choice um, because it's George's middle name it's one of George's middle names George is George Alexander Louis um, and for that reason we'd all just really ruled it out I just don't think we expected them to repeat a name that they had already used and and were it not for that it would have been a bookie's favourite I'm sure because it's a fantastic traditional name but it's also very popular nowadays it's a modern name you do get lots of little Louis running around Unlike Arthur, which is one of the reasons I always was felt that they wouldn't call him Arthur as the first name, just because it hasn't really come back round again. I think I said that last time. But Louis very much has. It still remained popular. And I'm sure it would have been a front runner, but it was just completely overlooked because they'd already used it with George. So... The only person I know who saw it coming was my husband Ben. Who no, yes, he messaged me triumphantly. I told you. Did it he bet on it? I don't. The odds think were he amazing. Did. I oh. think it was like eighteen or twenty to one with various different bookmakers. You could have made a lot of money on Louis, and one person did. I think the biggest bet was a couple of thousand pound win to an individual who obviously had a some good good insight, good idea. The other thing that was a bit of a surprise, we were both of us were certain that Philip would be in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, my theory is that they might have suggested it to him at some stage. He said, don't be ridiculous, I'm not dead yet. <laughs> I like oh, to pretend I know what well, Prince Philip is saying. <laughs> and I can completely imagine him saying something like that. I don't know whether in this context... I, I mean, it could have been... One of the reasons for the delay could have been sort of the sorting out of the middle names. Um, and I, I think... Um, Yes, I was quite surprised that there was no tribute to Philip, just because, as I said before, it's been a very poignant year for Prince Philip, um, retiring. And of course, Charles and William both have Philip in their middle names. But when you think about that, you think, well, Charles has it obviously named after his father and William has it named after his grandfather. Now, how long do you keep on doing that for? And actually what they have done is, I suppose, follow the pattern in the sense that they've given him the middle name Charles after his grandfather. Um, and although Charlotte was called, Charlotte is the female form of Charles it's a much more subtle tribute and they didn't give George a middle name Charles so they very much obviously wanted to make that point that they are paying tribute to Charles and keeping the name going in their children and and Arthur another very popular royal name William has it as a middle name and so does Charles it seems to be very popular with middle names and male members of the royal family so that was something but yeah I mean really confounded the bookies I I have a little theory which is quite funny when we discussed it last time William met somebody before we'd heard the name and uh, Alexander Downer who's the an Australian high commissioner um, and um, he said to um he said to William, oh, you should call him Alexander. And William said, oh, funny you should say that. And everyone jumped on this as a sign that they were considering Alexander. And now looking back retrospectively, I wonder 
could he have been thinking, oh, funny you should say that because we're considering George's middle names because obviously George's middle names are Alexander Louis. And everyone looked at Alexander with that comment. But could it have been, with, with hindsight, I kind of think, oh, maybe that was a clue. They were, you know, they were considering George's middle names, which obviously they were. So that's interesting, but it's just good to know. We should talk a little bit about the symbolism. Um, well, some 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 of the the um, the tributes that have uh, have been suggested that William and Kate could be paying. Of course, there's Lord there's Louis Mountbatten, um, Earl Mountbatten of Burma, who was Prince Philip's uncle, um, and. Prince Philip had a very, he had a close relationship with him and he is believed to have been quite instrumental in engineering the relationship between Philip and Elizabeth, Princess Elizabeth. Um, he's thought to have, you know, had ideas that his nephew would be a good match for her and engineered some of their meetings. And of course, Philip actually took the name Mountbatten before he before he um, became, before he married Princess Elizabeth. Um, so, that's something that you know could have could have been in their mind when they were thinking about the name Louis, and obviously, um, also Louis Mountbatten was also a mentor to the young Prince Charles mm. as well, his great uncle. They were very you know very close, um, and Louis Mountbatten was killed by an IRA bomb in 1979, and Charles has spoken about that recently about the effect that that had on the family, and you know so they clearly as a family they've kept him in. Um, in their thoughts and obviously William has Louis as one of his middle names William has three middle names Um, and so it could have been a tribute I mean you know they never met Mountbatten so it's tricky to know how much that was in their thoughts I mean I think probably they just really really like the name Louis they must really like it they've given it to George as a middle name and now they've given it to their third child as a first name Maybe they just ran out of ideas as well. well <laughs> going back to going back to the, uh, re, you know, reusing a name. Yeah. There was also before. there was also some cheeky suggestions that it that it was a a, a subtle vote for Remain. Um, oh yeah, a shunning of Brexit. Um, I think some politi- one of the political commentators wrote something very funny about them being Remainer names and um, you know London bubble names and and I, I mean obviously you've got. The, the link to France is a very popular name with French kings historically. Um, you know, it's not out of the question that there could have been a subtle a subtle hint there. They could have been, you know, saying we're an international, we support, um, you know, international thinking, and we want to, you know. So, so you never know. But I, I think probably more likely they just really like the name. It was quite entertaining, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the Brexit rage. Yeah. Or Brexit uh, uh, joy. Yeah. Remain a joy about it. Um, I I, um, quite enjoyed... So, Trisha Snyder, thank you for messaging me on Facebook. Um, She'd spotted Canadian connections for um, George and for Charlotte. Oh, okay. And and then she'd suggested that Prince Rupert in British Columbia was still available as a name. (laughs) So, uh, I only saw her message after the baby had already been named, but Prince Rupert would have been been quite fun. But obviously, there's Lake Lake Louise, which is famously beautiful. So... Uh Well, I'm just glad that they did eventually name him because it was getting a bit ridiculous. The speculation <laughs> was getting a bit stressful. And, you know, that was kind of, yeah, the bookies were having a brilliant time, but it was, Boris was apparently the least betted on name. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if had it gone on into the weekend, I think we would all have been tearing our hair out. They so. really, really dragged it out. Yeah. So Four days is, is, you know, 
by, by what we had expected, it felt like a really long time, but fair play. And they, it, what was possibly even more surprising was they made a royal wedding announcement beforehand, oh. confirming that Prince William would be Harry's best man. I mean, the least surprising announcement ever in the history of announcements. I mean, you know, I... I, I I saw that and I thought, what is this all about? And you know what I actually think it was about? I think it was about the fact that there's been a lot of discussion as to whether or not William will would attend the FA Cup final, which obviously clashes with the Royal Wedding. Um, not time-wise, but date-wise it does. And there had been suggestions several months ago that, yes, he would definitely um, wouldn't go and he would stay at the wedding. And then there had been a suggestion more recently that actually he might go and he might make some kind of mad dash to the FA Cup final and then return to the wedding. And I, and I think what they probably were able to do by putting out that announcement about him being the best man was kind of invite people to ask again, so what's the deal with this FA Cup final? And then at that stage we were given a little bit of guidance that he won't be going to the FA Cup final he'll be staying at the wedding so I think it I think it was a vehicle really to kind of get that dealt with um of course William was always going to be the best man I mean it would have been such a shock if he hadn't been chosen um they're incredibly close William and Harry um they're very close in age they've obviously grown up together in these unique set of circumstances and they've obviously been hugely important to each other and um, particularly when their mother died and they've spoken about that as well about how that brought them closer together and you know they really were the only two people in the world who could understand what what they were going through um and they've always had this quite fun kind of sparring relationship as well they've you know they take the mickey out of each other a lot and there's been a lot of dual interviews where you see William you know, calling Harry Ginger and Harry calling him, calling William Balding and you know that <laughs> kind of thing. He's not going to be able to make that joke too much longer yeah, possibly. And, and even recently William was joke, was talking about Harry always coming and stealing their milk and you know like just kind of lots and lots of banter I mean they're fantastic as a duo in the public eye they complement each other really really well and they they, they have like really great kind of rapport and they're just you know good fun to watch so they're almost like a classic comedy duo the one that comes across as the straight man and the one that comes across <laughs> as the funny man and sort of yeah and I suppose you would say William is you're thinking of as a straight man I mean one thing that Harry said that stuck with me in an interview once was you know he William he said William gets away with a lot more than people realize and I think I think probably Harry's maybe been a bit frustrated at times that he always gets branded as the party one but William actually has done his fair share of partying and just maybe hasn't got caught out quite as much and I suppose because William settled down with a girlfriend a lot earlier there was less opportunity for him to be seen as somebody who was you know out on wild parties and um so but it it was interesting how I think they both I think I think they fit nicely into those stereotypes but I think the truth is also slightly different I think that Harry can be quite sensible and William can be quite silly sometimes and I think it's nice to think like that and from your point of view what are they like to deal with I mean I know you spent a day walking with Prince Harry at some stage when he was on one of his yeah. walks have you spent some quality time with William at any quality stage quality time how do they compare so I've met them both several times on various kind of different meet and greets with media drinks and stuff um, my impressions are that William is always a lot more cautious always a lot more guarded um, and certainly um, 
a lot more uh, careful about what he says and a lot more aware, I think, that, you know, he's consistently representing something and he is the future king, ultimately. Um, and Harry is a lot more open. You, what you see is what you get with Harry. He wears his heart on his sleeve a lot more. I've experienced him, you know, he will he'll confront journalists at drinks about stuff that's been written he's not shy of doing that whereas William would be much more diplomatic in that situation um, and he will you know rant for want of a better word about with this is Harry about things that he believes in and things that he feels strongly about and you know he won't make any apologies for that and you know, he definitely. Whenever you interview Prince Harry, whenever he does an interview, I can't. I can imagine that his press team always a little bit nervous because the if he just gets, he'll he'll just take something and run with it, and he will. You always get a bit more than than you bargain for with Harry. There's always something. He's always willing to kind of open up, and and I think for that, I think people love him for that. Um, it has occasionally maybe got been problematic for him, but I think people do like the fact that they feel that they are seeing the real him. And I think with William, I think you are aware that he is presenting himself a lot more as he wants people to see him, um, which is completely fair enough, you know. Um, and so, yeah, you know, they're and they're both very funny. William's really funny. He's 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 got sort of you know good banter, I think. Mm. Um, and, the, and between the between the two of them, you know, William one day will be king. Harry, yeah. it was always unlikely that he would be king. Now that William has had children, it's extremely unlikely. And you can see how happy he, he is about that. <laughs> well, that. But that's the thing: the fact that he he hasn't, he clearly hasn't, he doesn't feel like, oh God, it could have been me. He's not got that Absolutely feeling at all. Absolutely not. And I think with Harry, you know, for a long time, he said this recently. He really did struggle with the responsibility that he had and he rejected it in a lot of ways and pushed it away and didn't really want to think about it in the time when he was struggling for a long time to really come to terms with the death of his mother and he hadn't spoken about it openly he did a really great interview not long ago kind of opening up about how long it took him to get over all of that and I think for him very recently has come the acceptance of the positive aspects of his role um, and perhaps William was always a bit more accepting, maybe, um, because he knew that it was just this is what was going to happen. And I suppose Harry was a little bit more in limbo about how he could carve out his life. Could he have an outside job? Did he need to do full-time charity work? And if so, when? Whereas for William, there was not quite the same number of questions. Um, and I think, I think the thing with Harry is that because he's such a popular member of the royal family, I think his children will have quite high-profile roles. And if you look at the Queen's children, so when Charles becomes king, for example, Obviously, William and Harry will be the children of the sovereign, and that's what we currently have with the Queen's four children. Um, but I suppose, you know, she has four, so there's that added element of there's a lot more people to accommodate if we're going to make them all full-time royals. Um, and, you know, arguably, you know, her younger children have not perhaps been so kind of the public maybe haven't been quite so excited by them as personalities in the way that I think the public is about Harry and I think the royal family will definitely want to want him to be someone who is representing them and continue representing them and he will certainly continue to be to do royal duties right up until whenever you know when Harry when William's king but um whether his children will I think will be 
will be something to see. I think they might do a few, but I think eventually it will make sense for them to have outside careers. And they won't be, um, they won't be, they, they will be lords and ladies, his children, unless the Queen intervenes and decides to make them princes and, prince and princesses. And but How he does could. That work? Uh, I mean, it's yeah. There's letters patent is the answer that gets sort of issued at various times to to change things. We really need to have a chat with somebody I know who's incredible on, about the titles and knows absolutely every nuance of everything that was ever said about titles and and everything that um, you need to know. It's really it would be a whole kind of separate pod um, send us all your questions in mm, about that we are yeah. we are planning that in the works there is for a future pos- yeah, so there pod is- save the queen at trinitymirror.com for all your questions and we will try to answer those sort of technical type ones yeah on a future because episode. it's quite complicated because it has changed over time um until very recently um and but you know harry could opt in the same way that princess anne did as the second child of the sovereign to not have any titles for, for their children uh, for his, and him and Megan could say no we just want them to be you know known by their first name so that's interesting interesting mm. um, the fact that the best man has only just been confirmed yeah does that what does that mean for the stag do I think that's why everybody, <laughs> that's why everybody always yeah I mean Harry did say the other night he's known for months we had this conversation didn't we last time I have this kind of horrible feeling the stag do has happened because William now has a newborn baby um, and I just can't believe that they would have planned a stag so close to the wedding, so close to him having a newborn. I suspect anything that was going to be take place that was of any kind of scale would have already happened. Maybe they're just going down the pub in Windsor on the night before. The night before is a terrible idea. <laughs> I really hope not. Well, they'll be seeing a lot of journalists if they do, because I'm pretty sure that's where everyone, everyone will be. <laughs> Um, but uh, it sounds like you think William should be able to make a decent best man speech anyway if he's got got a bit of banter. And let's face it, he won't be short of stories on yeah. Harry. William's a great public speaker and he'll strike that balance really well between being heartfelt and appropriate for the occasion and also giving some good good jokes as well. I'd be more nervous about Harry as a best man than I would about William in terms of what the speech might be. It depends <laughs> how much revenge William's got to well, take. Well, he said, that's what he said, revenge is sweet. So And we'll no say. fear of retribution either because, you know, yeah. there's no comeback. This is the wedding and... and yeah, you know, exactly. No chance. So um, it was interesting though, they announced the best man, but they haven't announced the bridal party, the maid of honour, the, the bridesmaids, page boys, anything like it that. It was interesting because they did them all in one go with William and Kate's wedding. So we got, we received an announcement and it was much further um, it was much further in advance of the wedding as well that we received an announcement telling us who were going to be the bridesmaids and page boys and the maid of honour and it's interesting that they've not done that this time there's possible few reasons for that I think one reason could be that they still haven't finalised it but I, I find that surprising you know bridesmaids need dress fittings maid of honour we're, we're now less than three weeks away I, I can't see that being a thing so I think it's more likely that they are wanting to um, stop the names of individuals from being in the public domain too far in advance. I think with William and Kate's wedding, obviously, you had her sister Pippa, who was already 
everyone already knew who Pippa was and she was already in the spotlight and she was basically a shoe in for Maid of Honour. And then the children in William and Kate's wedding, I think, were, were all on William's side, which was really interesting. There was none from her side. And they were all children of royals or aristocrats, broadly, or people who were already very much in the royal fold, so had already got used to this idea of, you know, people would be interested in them. And also a lot of them, they were all very wealthy, mostly lived in, you know, properties that you couldn't just go up and knock on the door and say, hi, is so-and-so in? And I think that the difference is that perhaps Harry and Meghan may be choosing children of Meghan's friends. Um, Meghan's friends as maid of honour, um, we would we have a couple of, you know, really strong contenders for her maid of honour. The, the most popular choice would be Lindsay Roth, who Meghan was her maid of honour two years ago, which makes complete sense. They're really good friends. They've been friends since university years. Um, now, you know, does she want people coming and trying to speak to her, which I think would, would inevitably happen in the first instance? So that that's a very... Um, a very strong reason why that they why they would have decided. So maybe to. if people are going to come over, you know, if people are travelling from America for the wedding, how long beforehand will they be coming? If they're in normal jobs, America, like I've got friends in America, they never get holidays. Their, their annual leave <laughs> is so much less than we get yeah. to have here. Um, so I mean, I'm I'm guessing they might be able to speak nicely to their work and say, I've got to go to a really important engagement in Windsor on May the nineteenth. Please, can I have a couple of extra days off? Yes. Yeah. Um, but maybe because if they're in that royal bubble already, I mean, we don't know. We don't know where people are going to be staying before the wedding yet. Um, but if they're there and sort of within protection yeah. or support even, then it might be easier for them to deal with, I guess. Yeah. Um, and also they will be, you know, no, they won't be in their homes. So, you know, there might be a situation where they announce the maid of honour and suddenly she's got photographers outside her house. And, you know, if she's not there, it doesn't matter, does it? So um, I think... I think that would be stuff that's going through their mind. That they could leave as late as the day to announce the bridal party. They can do what they want, really. You know, there's there's no one kind of standing there holding them to account or saying this is the way it has to be done because it's in the public interest or anything like that. You know, I mean, they it, it's not a state occasion. There's no formula. Um, I don't I don't think that the public feeling would be negative towards them if they decided to leave it as late as possible. I mean, certainly the things that we expect to find out on the day are who's designing the dress, which is something that, even though it leaked with Kate's wedding dress, they still never confirmed the designer until the wedding day. Um, and so, it, you know, I, I, I think we could expect to see a situation where the wedding party is announced much closer to the time. Um, Lindsay Roth, I would be very surprised if she wasn't the um, maid of honour. And um, the, the other contender is obviously Jessica Mulroney, who is um, Megan's friend from Canada. Um, she's a stylist and she's been helping Megan a lot with her wedding preparation. She has three children and my I would say my prediction would be that she wasn't actually in the wedding party but one or maybe more of her children were. Mm -hmm. I think that makes a lot more sense. And I think she and Megan are close but they've not been friends for as long as Megan has been friends with Lindsay for... Um, so I would see... Um, I would see that as more kind of the way things would go. Mm. And George and Charlotte, they're basically a shoo-in to be page boy and bridesmaid. You would think if there are any number of bridesmaids. Yeah, I would be very surprised. I think George and Charlotte, definitely. The only the only 
question would be, is Charlotte a little young? And we know that she was a bridesmaid for Pippa, but of course the, the service wasn't filmed with Pippa, so it was just outside, the bridesmaids rocked up, and, you know, whereas maybe William and Kate will think, what's it going to be like? She's only just three, um, and she's, what is she, you know, walking down the aisle in mm. Westminster, I keep saying Westminster Abbey, in St George's Chapel. And because we've seen but, those pictures from the past of, you know, Prince William and... Prince Harry. I can't remember which wedding it was. I think there's one. I of think them it might have been Prince Andrew's, Andrew's wedding. Yeah. And was he was he picking his nose or mm. messing? You know, annoying so somebody Andrew's else. Andrew's wedding was 86, and so yeah, so William and Harry would have been very young. Um, so yeah, Harry would have been just two, I think, in 86. Mm. So some yeah. lovely. I think there were sailor outfits. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute classics. Um, so there was a question from Darlene Brenner on Twitter. Thank you for um, messaging us with this one. So she, she said, you know, George and Charlotte are a shoe in but what are the chances of seeing um, Savannah and Isla Phillips and Mia Tyndall as um, within the sort of the bridal party, page boys and, and bridesmaids? Yeah, I think that's an interesting question. Um, my impression... Um, I have to say, has always been that William was a bit closer to Peter Phillips and Zara Phillips than Harry. And I think that's just because of age. I think, you know, Zara was one of Prince George's godparents and she and William have been quite close. Um, I think Harry gets on quite well with Mike Tyndall. Um, and I think that but Harry's, I think, would, would because of the age, perhaps be, be more friendly with the York sisters, with Beatrice and Eugenie. That um, obviously he ended up dating Cressida for a while. He's one of Eugenie's very good friends. Um, so I'm not completely convinced on that. And also, you have that slightly tricky scenario, don't you, where if you pick one of them, do you have to pick them all? I mean, you could could you have Savannah without Isla, for example? That would seem perhaps a little bit strange. And then would you have to have Mia? So is it too many to then be saying, right, this is taking up three of our bridal party? Um, but it's not out of the question. I mean, a lot of Harry's good friends outside of royal family and, you know, have got kids as well. We've got Mark Dyer, I think one of his mentors who has children, I'm not sure exactly how old they are, but that these are all possibilities as well. Um, obviously his nanny, Tiggy, who is very close and who's been predicted um, as a godmother for Louis, Prince Louis actually, um, her son was a page boy at William and Kate's wedding, so whether or not they would go down that route, but he certainly, William and Harry have remained very close to their former nanny. So, mm. Interesting. Mm. Hopefully we'll find out at some stage. Yeah. Um, I know some of our listeners are very into the memorabilia and there's been some more of that come out this week. There's Royal Baby China. It's not Prince Louis China at the moment. They were very quick off the mark to put out generic Royal Baby China, which yeah. I found very interesting. It's not cheap either in yeah. the Royal Collection. Yeah. Is that normal? Um, no, completely normal. They did the same with Charlotte um, and then eventually the, the named stuff comes out. I mean, it's just they're it enabled enabling them to get something out as quickly as possible basically into and you the get shops. to have two plates yeah I mean you know they're Spoons, not cheap the plates the, the royal memorabilia plates were um, I think they were um, I think it was 30, 50 pounds yeah. a plate and then you get a pill box which I don't know if anyone uses these things anymore but it's all the traditional kind of artefacts so, so yeah, I think that was thirty five pounds for a pill box or something yeah. something crazy it's not on my shopping list I have to admit yeah, um, yeah. possibly slightly more reasonable and also for a good cause and um, there's a Windsor there's a homeless project in Windsor they've made a royal wedding yeah, related collection yeah this is some nice uh, memorabilia which is also obviously doing good for the community there's obviously been some 
um, controversy surrounding the homeless people in Windsor and the leader of the council at one point made some comments about getting people off the streets in time for the wedding I think you know anyone for anyone to kind of be suggesting that the royal family would sort of want this kind of cleansing of the streets is terrible and they certainly wouldn't you know Um, and this charity has obviously tapped into that and said you know let's find some memorabilia here that can actually do a positive thing for the community um, and you know help these people who really need help so I think that's a really good thing I'm sure that Harry and Meghan would be totally in favour of that you know and um, they they regularly um, support homeless charities in the run up to the wedding. They've been to see various different projects that work with homeless people. So I don't think there can one be on the wedding gift list as well. Exactly. I don't think there can be any question as to their view on on mm. the situation. You know. So you can see that at forricherforpoorer.org. Yeah. And then there's one that's come out this morning. There's a new coin. Oh with yeah, a picture of Harry and Meghan on it, which is she's looking adoringly up at him, and he's looking yeah. sort of out at, out into the distance. Somehow, yeah, this so. is interesting because the Royal Mint has produced an official five pound coin. It doesn't cost five pounds, by the way, so don't get too excited. It costs somewhere between thirteen pounds for the least expensive material. I think copper and nickel, and then the gold one is more than a thousand pounds. So what? yeah, gold plated. Yeah. Oh, well, you don't and want to be spending that to buy something well. for a five. Eighty huh? something, but. Yeah, I mean, it's a collector's item, isn't it? So it may, you may find that it's an investment, but who knows? But the Royal Mint were given a, sit, a sitting, actually, with the couple at Kensington Palace after the engagement announcement, which I didn't realise until today. And they were, you know, this, so this is kind of a new portrait, really. It's not, they haven't used a photograph in order to create this. They actually had a sitting. And it's very relaxed, isn't it? Meghan's got her hair down and the couple are looking at each other and kind of holding hands I think and, and it's very affectionate and quite modern it's not I, I think that they look quite kind of young and casual in the in the picture it's oh, interesting and I'm sure this will not be the last um, memorabilia coming our oh. way if you've seen anything amazing in your in your travels and would like to send us a picture of it then send us it on um, Twitter or on uh, email podsavethequeen at trinitymirror.com um, for some of the more unusual attempted royal memorabilia or or the real good stuff Um, always interested to see what is out there Um, just before we finish uh, we should talk about William and Kate because they had something else to celebrate at the weekend not just their first weekend with three children which I'm sure is something definitely to celebrate but will also stress you out a lot but um, it was their seventh wedding anniversary seven years ago can you believe it was seven years ago that we were covering that wedding and in some ways I can because so much has happened since then if you look at you know this the bride that Kate was and and you know how she was she was really out of the spotlight until they got engaged in terms of how she lived her life and then suddenly everything changed and now it's completely normal to see her as a senior member of the royal family representing several charities carrying out engagements stepping in for the queen you know making speeches and that I think what they have done in the last seven years as a couple and also um, yeah you know they seem to be very happy together I think obviously like any couple who has children parenthood has obviously changed everything you know they're not having the, the romantic holidays to mystique that they were having before and you know they're very much kind of they've got you know a lot going on um but they certainly they seem like 
there's never been any question really of the stability of their relationship they seem to be very strong sort of perfectly poised really to kind of emulate the queen and philip in being a united force and the future king and queen no seven year itch no it doesn't seem to be the case no. which is a good thing for yeah. all of us but um, copper wedding anniversary for seven years is it Didn't, yeah i remember everyone made a big fuss about the first one was it paper the first paper one was yeah the first one and then that's probably the same for everybody. First one, big big deal. And then after that, it's like, oh, and God, I've got to find something made of cotton, leather, wood, whatever it is yeah. that's, that's along the way. I'm sure at 10 years, it's there'll fun. be a lot of interest in kind of, you know, marking that and mm. looking back. Not. One of the things that I saw circulated after the um, best man announcement was a little, it was a little gif of Harry standing next to William at the front of the Abbey. Mm. And Harry had turned to look back at... Um, Kate walking down the aisle, William still sort of stoically facing forward, awaiting his fate, and it's just got the message underneath it saying, wait until you see her, mate, which I, I've not double-checked that that was what, what the actual... Um, uh, no, what, what I he think did he actually, actually say, said but... something like, oh, well, she's here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait until you see her, mate, it's a much better yeah, option. Yeah. But um, what, are your, what are your actual memories of that day? So my memories of that day, I'd only been in the job for, you know, less than six months because I'd started when they got engaged. And it was in, you know, an overwhelming um, role to take on at that time when there was so much interest in the royal family. And I was just trying to get to grips with how everything worked. And, you know, in the run up to the wedding, I do remember it being so busy and so frantic and so exciting because I do think that was this wedding is there was huge interest but that wedding I think was just off the scale in terms you know and there was all of these foreign royals coming in all of these dignitaries coming in and I remember just being crazily busy and then I remember the wedding day feeling not that busy because obviously every single reporter anywhere was working on on this story now you know we had the world's media there wasn't there wasn't any no one was writing anything else that day and and so suddenly it was like all hands on deck and so I remember on the day actually getting the opportunity to kind of really kind of just experience it and actually you know watch and see what they were doing and kind of I think like you know like everyone although I was doing a job I was still found the whole thing completely fascinating in the same way that a member of the public would um where so were you what, so i so no so i was in the office on that day so, i was in the yeah. office too so and we i will unfortunately fortunately i don't know i mean it was a good place to be for kind of getting everything done um because we had so many people positioned at various points we had to do we had a we had a um you know a name kind of feature writer inside the abbey who did a piece about the atmosphere and you know and I was kind of doing the news stuff so um yeah but I, I definitely remember feeling like it I will, I'll never forget it actually I still remember what I wore I was wearing a red dress on that day randomly. I got dressed up I wore I yeah. felt like it was there was a sense of occasion yeah it was a long day it was a long day I think it was what I remember mm. I remember um Patrick, one of the guys on our video team, being very excited that he'd spotted that a nun was wearing trainers. So we did a story about that. Um, I think one of the um, Abbey staff did a cartwheel down the aisle. As a policeman, I think. Yeah, I was just thinking that. So there was that one. That was fun. Obviously, there was the whole um, Pippa fever as her the review of her emerging 
um, made people who possibly even hadn't uh, had begrudgingly been forced to watch the wedding by their other halves slightly more enjoy the situation. <laughs> and then, I, do, I remember when they came out in the car. That was a really nice moment. Oh, that was lovely. Yeah. That was a surprise. Yeah. And we, we talked a bit about that last week, didn't we? About yeah. um, that Harry will want to have a surprise. And then Elgard, Eugenie and Beatrice's hats. Yeah, I know. I remember that. Yeah. So and Beatrice auctioned hers, didn't she? Oh, did she? Yeah, she did. Several weeks later, she auctioned it. And I think, if I remember rightly, it made more than £80,000 at auction. And she gave the money to charity. Oh, good effort. Yeah. It was all worth it. I thought it also shows that it showed that she could laugh about it. Yeah. Because everyone was, you know, there was a lot of kind of negative comments about her hat, wasn't there? And so it was good that she could obviously see the funny side. We've got her wedding to look forward to later in the Eugenie's, year. Eugenie's, yeah. 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 Eugenie's wedding. But um another more wedding. I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast before because you you have got a seven year itch. And you I won't have, be with us for the second royal so wedding funny. of the year. Yeah, I have got a seven year itch so I won't be covering um the next wedding because I'm I'm leaving the mirror. I'm going to work elsewhere. Um so yeah, this is kind of my big last hurrah, which yeah. is exciting. It's nice to go out on, you know, on a big event. And I think were I not covering the wedding, I would certainly feel very kind of like distracted by it, <laughs> you know, wanting to watch everything that's going on. And I think it'll be um, really lovely to kind of mark that. We're going to be doing a special with Victoria as well before she leaves. Um, so there's obviously a lot to look back on over the last seven years. So, so much. So we'd love, love to go through. Yeah. yeah. So we'd love to have your questions for Victoria about anything and everything um, for uh, her, so she can go out in a blaze of glory and you can really <laughs> grill her um, over Please, everything. Yeah. Ask me anything. So that would be mm. good. Um, and should also uh, mention. If you're feeling nostalgic about uh, the royal wedding and that wasn't quite enough for you, then have a listen to our episode um, with Ian Vogler about mm. um, a royal wedding from behind the camera. He was our photographer or one of our horde of photographers on the big day. Um, and it was fascinating hearing about it from his point of view. And he was definitely not in the office. He was he was uh, he was outside the Queen Victoria Memorial, I think, for a very long yeah, time. I think, yeah. And takes... got that balcony shot. Yeah. That was the one that everyone wanted. Um, yeah. And equally, if you've got any um, any memories of the wedding that you want to share then email in we always love to hear from you um big thank you finally to everybody who's been leaving us ratings and reviews on mm. itunes if you haven't yet then we'd love it if you did um if you go to mirror.co.uk slash royal podcast that should take you there um we have moved from audio boom to acast there aren't usually this many public service announcements at the end of the episode if this is your first time getting to the end of it but um normal service should be everywhere for everybody else but if you do have any issues and find you aren't getting your um, regular episodes anymore then drop us an email and we'll look into the situation but hopefully you have enjoyed this episode we'll be back again next week with I expect more royal, royal wedding discussion because it will be not long to go at all but until next time Pod save the queen 